Take the guesswork out of your cannabis shopping with the ECS DNA kit by Endocana Health. If you take pride in your canna nerdiness or are just canna curious, this kit empowers you to find more about the best cannabis choices. Right now, you can save 25% off your DNA test at endodna.com using promo code POD25. Your purchase includes the Endo DNA Collection Kit, Endo Decoded Report, personalized cannabinoid and terpene suggestions, and Endo Align products matching in your state. There will also be suggested dosage guidelines and optimum methods for inhalation or usage. Once you know your personal ECS data, you can shop Endo supplements tailored specifically for you. And right now, EndoDNA is celebrating their new patent with a buy one, get one offer on their Afika Soft Gel lineup. And since I know that many of you struggle with sleep, I want to highlight Afika Unwind, created to support health sleep cycles using patented proprietary formulations of hemp-derived CBD, terpenes, and essential oils. If sleep is eluding you, sweet dreams are in your future. Buy one for yourself and get one for a friend at endodna.com. And don't forget promo code POD25 at the checkout for 25% off your DNA test kit. It's nurses who give you the instructions, who make sure that you understand them. I think it's the 19th year in a row that nurses were voted the most trusted profession. And so the American Cannabis Nurse Association is really taking a lead. This is The Cannamom Show, a podcast chronicling the inspiring stories of real women in the emerging cannabis industry. Your host, Joyce Gerber, mom, lawyer, political activist, has been speaking with women from coast to coast and around the world who are leaders in the revolution of cannabis and caregiving, continuing on her mission to lift up the stories of the women creating the cannabis industry by sharing their canna stories with you. So go make yourself a cup of tea or roll yourself a joint, sit back and learn something new about this magical plant on The Cannamom Show with Joyce Gerber. From the Tip O'Neill Studios in North Cambridge, Massachusetts, it's the Cannamom Show. Now here's your host, Joyce Gerber. Welcome. Thanks for coming back today and talking to us. I had a little rough start. We can talk about that later. But I was just thinking about what happened and we're talking about trust. And there was a computer issue earlier and I just had to keep trusting my computer. I kept hitting that, hitting that button, trust, 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 and then magically it worked. So Maybe that was a message from the gods today for me. <laughs> the computer is probably the last thing you really want to trust, right? <laughs> and yet but you some, had to. You had to have faith today. It yeah, take a leap. It's just, just like cannabis. Everything back to cannabis, Dave. Everything. That's right. <laughs> Before I begin, I just wanted to mention that one of our guests from season one, Ellen Rosenfeld from ComCan, was just featured in the Boston Globe magazine of powerful cool. women. I know. So I they're it. including cannabis like normal businesses. Like lawyers. And because doctors. it is. Yes, it is. So I'm proud of her for being in there. You can find her show on the Cannamom show. She actually is one of our most downloaded shows. I'm not sure why, but people are apparently interested in her. She was in studio, right? She was one of our last guests. One of our studio. last guests yeah. before pandemic. Yeah. And my mother toured her facility. That was, that was my mother. Remember my mother came in that show mm-hmm. and uh, she was like, bring your mom to work day. That's right. <laughs> 
And, and uh, I've, I've been there. I've been a shopper yeah. there. And she took my mom on a tour on the facility to the dispensary in the grow facility. And my mother was still like, I think she was, I say this a lot. She scared the bejesus off of them because she just could not believe this was true. She's like this. No, that helped you convince your mom that you're not in a secretly in a drug cartel. Right. Slowly, slowly. She's starting yeah, to believe. Getting there. Okay. <laughs> and I just want to give one more shout out. MCR Labs right here in Massachusetts. They put together the Cannabis Review. It is a collection of scientific studies on cannabinoids and terpenes. It's a range to help us identify and understand the unique potential of cannabis-based treatments. It is Canna Science, people. Check it out. They also have a newsletter, if that's your thing, Canna Science. It's today's guests. Yes, multiple guests thing. Today we are talking to Canada nurses and a pharmacist, but we're talking to my friend Julie Patel, who has her whole show just for her, Caitlin Bernhard and Marissa Fratoni, all Massachusetts healthcare providers who are using their skills, their knowledge, and their networks to heal us. So thank you, ladies. Um, I am going to let them introduce themselves, and I'm looking forward to a really great conversation on what they are working on to make this plant work for women's health and health equity. That's a new term I've learned. So, but before that, we just want to thank Dr. Bridget Williams and the anthology she has put together, Courage in Cannabis, for supporting today's show. It's a little bit more about that later. <laughs> so we're excited cool. to talk about it. Yeah. I know. Um, and we're going to have all, a lot of the authors later this season, but we'll talk about that later. So please welcome to the Cannabis Show, Julie, Caitlin, and Marissa. Welcome, ladies. Thank yeah. you for your patience. Thanks for joining us. I'm going to ask you to just do your own intro. So why don't we start with Marissa? Just a quick little, whatever your, your elevator speech is, and we'll go to Caitlin and then. Okay. So I'm Marissa Fratoni, and I've been uh, in the cannabis industry for almost six years now. So I, I've always had a holistic background. I started my career as a massage therapist and then went into nursing, um, also a yoga instructor. I, I came into the cannabis space at the sort of the inception of this program, the medical use program. So I've, I've essentially been in this, in this space for all those years. I've helped to contribute to cannabis nursing progression. I participated in the writing of a handbook, cannabis nurses, a handbook for nurses. And then, um, yeah, I came to, there's a lot of history here that I'm going to cut down to, but basically Caitlin and I have known each other from the American Cannabis Nurses Association since 2017. And Julie and I have had wonderful phone calls over the years about cannabis motherhood, being a, a cannabis parent and the issues related to cannabis. And then and that's, now, what you, that's, what you, that's how I, that's how I know you. I keep it yeah. trying, because you are talking about cannabis and parenting from the very beginning. And you're probably one of the first voices yeah. I heard. So um, that's really what fascinates yeah. me in this conversation. So uh, Caitlin, just, can you just do a quick intro and then we'll go to Julie? Yeah. My name's Caitlin Bernhard and I'm a nurse practitioner and, and my background is holistic care and wellness as well. Yoga, massage therapy, body work. I'm an, also an herbalist and a gardener, but I always secretly wanted to be a cannabis nurse practitioner. And there wasn't such a thing until about 2017, when I found American Cannabis Nurse Association, met Marissa, and then made a huge radical shift and dived deep in to only work with cannabis. And I love it. We're grateful. All right. And Julie, intro. I'm Julie Battle. I'm trained originally as a nurse midwife, which I practiced for about 14 years. And about five and a half, six years ago, moved into <clears throat> being an advanced practice cannabis nurse. and 
worked at another number of places with Caitlin and joined the, I also joined the American Cannabis Nurse Association and have just been really excited with everything that's happening. I love that there's an American Cannabis Nurse Association. I want to talk about that, but can we talk a little smaller? Let's, because we're in Massachusetts and you are all part of the green network providers, right? Is that how you're connected? Or is Marissa, are you part of that as well? No, I mean, no. I, I, we all know each other. We're so all the, okay. okay. So can you just talk about <laughs> um, what the, the green network providers is for people in Massachusetts specifically, because it's a good resource. We do certifications for Massachusetts patients and Caitlin also does them for New York and Maine. And we do them for anybody who's in the industry for a discounted fee, because we really want everybody trained on the real essentials of medical cannabis. So we do a deep discount for anybody in the industry. And we also do consultations for either people who don't want to get medically certified or got medically certified and don't get a lot of instructions. We, we offer that as well. Well, no one gets instructions. So this is, this is really where you're going to get it. Yeah. Yeah. No, that's what I mean. So you're not going to the, your bartender isn't really helping you with your holistic health. So let's talk about, um, let's talk about really something specific. So Marissa, I, this is something Mm -hmm. I talk about all the time, moms and cannabis and, you know, how cannabis makes you a good mom and, but there's all the, all the controversies, there's the breastfeeding, there's what do you do when you're pregnant? How, how do you think about your body? How, so what do you, I'm past this. My kids have grown. They've left me. I've done a good job. I'm done. Yeah. <laughs> I do wish I was a cannabis consumer as a young mom. Cause I know I would have been more patient and more involved with my kids. I talk about this also, but what are you, what yeah. are you finding? So what are you talking to women about specifically? Are you talking about sort of the early phases of when they're creating these humans? Or are you talking to more women about, oh my God, I'm so stressed out. I can't believe I have humans that I have to take care of. Like, where are you now at this point? So I'm in category B now. Okay. (laughs) (laughs) But yeah, but yeah, no, when I got into this space, I had an 18 month old and I was in the midst of having my babies. And so for me personally, I prefer the conservative approach with substances across the board. So I've, I think in some ways I've written articles just to say like, you still have to consider that this is a substance and all substances have, you know, carry risk in pregnancy. Everything carries risk in pregnancy. So you really have to weigh the risks and the benefits. And I think one of the issues that I see a lot is that mothers aren't really given, our parents aren't really given that it's because of the schedule one federal illegal status of cannabis. So you have sort of the, uh, the, same, the same mission. We talk about this all the time. It doesn't cure everything, although I talk like it does, but it should be part of the regime. It should be part of the packages that are offered people. What are you telling women, like specifically people who are nauseous, who are always nauseous? Are you, how do you work with those women? Is that something that people come to you for? Absolutely. I mean, I I always start, like I said, very conservative. I don't recommend cannabis during pregnancy and breastfeeding and all that. We don't really have enough information to determine whether it's safe or really harmful. We don't, we just don't. And I think, but in the big scheme of things, there are people that require the use of cannabinoids and those people might be might be able to have a pregnancy. And therefore, this is, again, we need to sort of kick open the door and make sure we hold open that space where they can weigh the risks versus the benefits and also have some guidance over what delivery methods. If the decision is yes, cannabis is required here. Cannabinoids are required. Then can we I, like, about- I like saying that better. I like saying cannabinoids, which is something I'm not hearing so much about, are we finding tests to actually figure this out? Like we have a vitamin deficiency. And from what I can understand, we have a cannabinoid deficiency or whatever it is that's going on in our bodies is we can talk about this later, but I like that you say cannabinoid as opposed to cannabis. That makes 
medical therapeutic sense to me. I like that conversation right. better. Yeah. yeah. So, I mean, but yeah, there are just people that are going to require cannabinoids and maybe terpenoids, flavonoids throughout their, throughout their lifespan. And that is something that we really have to look at. We don't want to deny people the therapeutic use of, of a substance. If it's helping them mostly, then yeah, we really need to look at that. So let's so skip forward. Let's get forward to having children. So they exist and they're making you feel however yeah. you feel and you've been locked down with them two years. So what are your patients saying? What are your family saying? What did people even say to you when you started this? Like other young moms, were they sort of surprised or were they grateful that you were trying? I assume your friends are having children at the same time. Yeah. I come with scientific background. I don't form my opinions and I'm not telling people what to do. This is how I feel. I have faced stigma and I just honestly, at this point, it's, I move away from it. That's the general advice. I think that's a general advice. I mean, the the women here, I'm sure they've had the same experience. You you are confident in what at this point, and you're giving advice to people based on data, and they can choose to believe what they want to believe. But um, yeah, right. Yeah. So I'm just gonna like one more question about the moms, then we can move on to <laughs> other stuff. <laughs> it's just my favorite subject. So really, like Julie is also, by the way, a certified midwife. So yeah, yeah. I, I know that. Well, we have a, she's a whole show. Julie's got a whole <laughs> show. Um, so again, how old are your children right now? My babies are six and a half and two and a half. Okay. So, and you were, you know, you've been through the pandemic and you've seen, so what are women coming to you? What are you saying? Like young, whether we, we keep hearing it's more people are choosing. I, I chose wine. That was my era. Are yeah. you finding moms coming to you saying, I need something. I, I this is, I, I accept that what I knew is propaganda or whatever it is. And I'm willing to open up to this other substance or this other product because health, health reasons. Is that coming? Is that happening? Oh yeah. It, it, I mean, a lot of anxiety, a lot of depression, a lot of we, I mean, us parents out here with small children, childcare is, is difficult to find. It's obnoxiously priced. It's a, it's a mortgage to have your child. It's more than a mortgage to have your child in daycare right now. And then the kids were home through COVID. So yeah, parents, they're, they're looking for something to relieve anxiety and depression and, and the sort of the constant fight or flight we're in because of the pandemic. All the All right, uncertainties. So- we're glad you're there. All right. So Caitlin, thanks for joining us. So you're, so you're doing the certifications and at Green Network, right? I do the certifications and the consultations and I have my own company as well as all wellness. And so, um, yeah, starting so, a new company is all education. And so this is sort of the other end, like talking about, like talking about the moms, the young women, this is all nursing. This is all health and wellness. What are you seeing at the other end of the spectrum? Women coming in my age and older or people who aren't really quite sure. I talked about this once with somebody about what it's like to get the card because people get very nervous. They think it's gonna be very stressful, but it isn't. So what are you finding people are looking for right now? And I don't know what's, I I guess what's changed. I guess I haven't talked to a nurse in like a year. So what do you think has changed over the year or so of how people approach this? Well, I mean, one of the big things that we're seeing, we already touched on this is that people are not getting the guidance that they need when they first get their certification. So we are seeing some people return to us for consultations after a year, maybe even two years. And some patients, if I see them for renewals and they don't know what they're using, they don't, or they had a horrible experience and they're, they're just renewing because they think they should, but they're afraid to use it. They, people need education. People need guidance and they need to know about cannabinoid ratios and they need to know about different products. And a lot of people, even just, I had a renewal the other day and a patient uses 
very high amounts of CBD. And so we started looking into CBDA, which could be more effective at lower doses or THCA for her nausea because she's very sensitive to THC. And she's been a patient since 2015 and no one's talked to her about these cannabinoids. So and I, we, I introduced her to CBD, but she's like, she was, so I, I just find that people need a lot more guidance and education than what they think they need or what they're given to believe they need in initially. Well, it feels like, you know, they, when people talk about this, it feels like very personalized medicine. Like I mentioned earlier, we don't even have a test to figure out if you were iron deficient, you'd have a test. It would say you're iron deficient right. and you take this many milligrams because your body, we know it'd be very specific and we don't have that. So each individual human being is really expected to be very mindful of their body, which we are not <laughs> mindful humans. Yeah. We aren't that this is very hard for most people and there's no guidance and medical people can't talk to us. So you're sort of that middle ground. You're there sort of that the nurses or that space in between that are people are willing to talk to on a regular basis. I, and you're the only people it seems they're getting real information from and you're sort of joining together. Right. I mean, it seems like the nurses across the country, I don't hear that much about doctors yet, but I have heard more nurses are joining across the country. Yeah. You're all yeah, nodding your heads. Yeah, there's a national nursing <laughs> board that actually came out with a statement that all nursing schools must include cannabinoid education. Oh, really? And the medical associations have not done that yet. So, which is, so yeah, nurses are ahead of the curve on this one. All right. And so, so it makes sense. You go to you. I mean, I go to my dentist twice a year. I go to my doctor. I mean, I don't know anything. I know nothing. I know nothing about my human body. Like, so why would I know how cannabis works on it? It, That's interesting. I've actually heard some people say they don't, they're not getting their card renewed because I don't, because of that, they don't really know what they're doing. They're just going into the store and buying stuff. So. Right. um, Right. Recommendations from the patient care attendants at the dispensaries that are based on their personal experience, not potential needs of a patient. So I take 10 milligrams. So you should might, you should start with 10 milligrams too thing, or I use shatter. So here's, this is how you use a dab rig for cannabis night patients. That's really overwhelming. That is, I mean, it's very overwhelming. All right. So Julie, let's talk just about what the nurses are doing across the country to sort of at least make a dent in this. Sometimes I feel very sad when I, things don't feel like they're changing, but it does feel like even if doctors don't know what the endocannabinoid system is, nurses are willing to say that it exists and you're being taught about it. So let's tell me how that happened and like where we are in this world now. Yeah, I mean, absolutely. I mean, nurses traditionally are the ones who do health education and it's who give you the instructions, who make sure that you understand them. And so we really feel like this is our role to do this. And, and also like, I think it's the 19th year in a row that nurses were voted the most trusted profession. And so the, it, well, there's the American Cannabis Nurse Association is really taking a lead. There, there are other nursing organizations. And how did, how did that start? Where did that start? How did the American? I should probably let one, Marissa's actually on the board. Okay. Yeah. I'm curious. How did this, I can see different leaders across the country. I only, I only talk to women. So I think only women are in cannabis, which I know isn't true. (laughs) So how did you get involved and who started this? ICNA has been around for 10, we just celebrated a 10 year anniversary and yeah, it was founded by a small group of nurses who saw the, the, the healing therapeutic capabilities of cannabis. And so they just, they've always been uh, advocates. So yeah, Mary Lynn Mathry is one of the founders. She's just, you know, she's a force. I mean, she's the founder of Patients Out of Time as well. And 
well, what do you, do you think it was the idea of nurses talking to nurses that was so powerful that one nurse was talking to another nurse explaining this? What do you think was I the power of this organization? The power of it for me has always been, I've been looking for camaraderie and a community that, I mean, I'm, am I really, when I got involved in this, like I, I sort of jumped first as I tend to do <laughs> into the dispensary setting. And like within a month there, I'm like, Oh God, what did I do? I'm like, am I supposed to, am I, can, can I do this? I, I'm, I'm sitting, I'm, I'm, I'm selling cannabis and also, and I have my nursing license and I was like, uh Oh, and then at the time I worked with a, a doctor of chiropractic in the same setting. And we were like, Oh boy, what, huh? But we eventually, I mean, yeah. So I think that's how the ACNA, I mean, that's, that's what, how the story goes. They were just, they were seeing similar things in their practice and they decided they, they needed to really advocate for this. And what states were they in where they're starting? Although I think I, I want to say mostly Arizona and California, I should really have a, a better foundation. It's been a while since I've, yeah. I've gone. I mean, I did, I mean, even, even with the podcast, you know, I started talking to more women in California and Colorado at professional levels because they were just ahead of us, really. And then Massachusetts popped up. You guys are, I feel like every day there's more people and people do want to connect to Massachusetts. But yeah. We, for whatever works and doesn't work here, but this is interesting. And I have seen you all out there. So uh, Julie, yeah. I, I was just going to say, I think that one of the, w- when we had our, our inaugural conference in um, New Orleans, it was made very clear that we are standing on the shoulders of other giants. And they were nurses who took care with cannabis of the AIDS, HIV patients mm. in San Francisco in, in the 80s. So there were- inter- that, 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 that center, like I just finished that book, Home Big, mm-hmm. whose mother was a, canna- a, a cannabis brownie seller. Like and, a brownie uh, Mary. Yeah, yeah, exactly. But then it got in the age, it all kind of worked together so that it's almost, I mean, that is how health and wellness, this is how we talk about this is medical because of California. It's probably yeah. that had to have part of the story. So it makes sense that the nurses would be connected because they saw, they saw it. That's sort of the power of these stories. Right. They yeah. see the truth the, of it. It was actually nurses that were, that were taking care of the terminally ill. They were the ones right. that really brought this movement forward. Amazing. Yeah. All right. So and that kind of brings me to my other health issue or health equity. So have you heard of this cannabis health equity that Dr. Rachel Knox has been talking about and using, I just think the, and using social equity as a vehicle for health equity. I just, I heard her give, she gave the speech the other day. I was like, where is she? She must come on the show. She's brilliant. (laughs) We we love her. She, she was actually at our conference last year, our virtual conference last year, and we all follow and support ACAM completely. Yeah. So you're in this world of health inequity and disease. So I don't know who wants to take this on first. Like if you just want to, you want to talk about what health cannabis health equity is as a goal. And I don't know how you see it being social equity in our being used to achieve this goal. It's a big question. It's equity in health and medicine, right? ACHEM. Mm-hmm. And th- this, this is, this is of course a social justice issue because the, the, the people who are, who are paying the penalty for for the drug war are black and brown communities and they are arrested at like a 3.6 or like almost four to one for for the same group who are using it in equal amounts. There it was we we have so much information about how with, with Harry Aislinger and all of the what happened in with in in the history with, with in 1937 with the Amer- with the marijuana tax act and that it was really a frontal assault a planned frontal assault they knew it wasn't about the drugs 
And they, they've been clear about that. They were trying to break up societies and break up the power and break up the community. And they were very, very successful. And we owe it back to, to make it right. Like it was very, what was very amazing for me at the American Cannabis Nurse Association conference, what I was talking about the first one is that they were really clear. They were like, this is a social justice issue as much as it's a health and medicine issue. And if you are not on board with it, like you're not really welcome here. That's interesting. Because I was just on a call with, this is such a big industry, but the business part of this, this idea that the business guys are still talking about monies and monopolies and whatever they're talking about. And this is health and wellness. This is really health and wellness. And I do kind of feel like if we could get a test or if there's something like normalizes this in a way, then, I mean, then the retail guys would go away at some level. And we would be talking about this as a really, like as a wellness product and a plant medicine in a normal way and social equity, which the woman I talked to on the show, building generational wealth by having, these are small businesses that could elevate whole entire communities because of all the community stuff that we literally, literally took out of these communities. <laughs> Massachusetts is so weirdly specific, but have you seen anything working in Massachusetts on the social equity lane that's really addressing some of the health inequities in Massachusetts? I would, you know, it, it's, there's definitely progress from where we started when we, when we went adult use in 2016 and really got the program going in 2018, I think there's, there's been, it's been consistent progress. And I think with progress, it's just never as fast as everybody wants to see, but they're, they're they've just opened up the cannabis control commission has just opened up social equity programming application period. So it's starting to, you're starting to see more of, of what the, the whole premise um, of this proposal really was happening now. So I think as I think ask ask us that question next year and, and it will probably be a lot we'll have a lot more detailed answers for you. So I are you guys involved with the policy? We talk about this also, you know, who's whispering in the ears of the politicians? We had Shailene, we have specific people talking to the politicians and creating how these policies work. Are you and and how important it is just a few voices can make a difference. So is this something you are involved with as well through the network providers or any or the cannabis nurses? How is this working? No, actually we're with Azala Education, that is our platform as we are we're in application process to become responsible vendor trainers. So we will assuming our application process goes well, that's one of the that's what we're what we're looking to do is provide services so that we can educate the marijuana establishment agents, the marijuana treatment center agents, make sure that we have a safe and responsible uh, cannabis community. And then, yeah, I mean, in terms of health disparity and equity, I think we're just, that is a conversation that is ongoing and there's people that are constantly coming on board to like sort of shift that conversation. And it's received. How is it received? I just feel like I've lived, I've lived in Massachusetts my whole life. So we have a woman mayor. We had a black woman mayor for like a minute and a half. So I don't know what's happening to my Irish city. So (laughs) it's happening. I mean, it's it's happening. I mean, people are listening. We're open to it. I think that's one thing that Massachusetts, you can say for Massachusetts is there's, there's good progress here. I'm, I'm proud of what this state is doing. I think there's, of course, regulating this, regulating essentially this plant is Certainly, for me, there's some days where it's like we're we're trying to work within this system to help our industry, and there's other days where like it should be regulated like tomatoes or or plutonium. 
Somewhere between tomatoes and plutonium. That's where we're yeah. going to go. All right. So, so I just, I got to take a quick break. We'll be back with my guest, Julie Battle, Caitlin Bernhard, and Marissa Fratoni right after we thank today's sponsor. Um, so I want to thank Courage and Cannabis, a new anthology out at the end of this year for supporting the Cannamom Show this month. Have you been looking for a great holiday gift this season for your favorite Canna Curious reader? I have a great suggestion for you. Courage in Cannabis is a compilation of stories written by doctors, lawyers, patients, caregivers, entrepreneurs, activists, and podcasters. Each story is unique, and each story is written with hope of inspiring others. And as a contributor, I can say that's true. The authors in this book took a leap of faith and courage when deciding that cannabis was the best option for their lives. I believe in the power of stories. And the storytelling in Courage and Cannabis is meant to help and motivate others. Readers will get to know the authors intimately, learning of their struggles, their triumphs, and the perseverance it took to be able to share their story in the pages of this groundbreaking book. The power is in the stories. We want to thank Courage and Cannabis for supporting the Cannamom Show. And later this month, we will be entering a few of the authors, and we are really looking forward to that. Courage and Cannabis should be available late 21, early 22, and it will be available through Amazon and through me, where you can get a signed copy as a thank you for your support. Thank you, Courage and Cannabis. All right. So before we get back with my lady friends, we have a man today, and that's not Dave. <laughs> Surprise. Dr. Eric Brown, he's a pharmacist who's been working in the cannabis industry. He's just going to come on for a couple of minutes to talk a little bit about what he's doing and what he sees, and maybe you know a little riff on what we've been talking about for the past half hour. Welcome. Hey, thanks, Joyce. I appreciate the invite today. I'm kind of doing a somewhat similar to what the others here are doing. I'm pro- providing, I'm a pharmacist in Oklahoma, and there are so many people that are on like multiple medications and stuff. And it's been shown time and time again that the more medicines you add on to people's regimen, the the worst outcomes they have as far as drug interactions, as far as adverse reactions, et cetera. So one of the, one of the things I've, I've learned in the cannabis space is how much, because cannabis works at multiple different, with multiple different systems and stuff, how, how many people are able to come off, not just one medication, but multiple medications through, through cannabis and when, when you do that, oftentimes your patients are alleviated of the burdens and side effects and stuff they get from traditional pharmaceutical medicines, and they, and they feel so much better not having to deal with all of the side effects and stuff from, from those. And it's, I think cannabis has just been such a, a, a blessing to so many people. And a lot of people, a lot of pharmacists are kind of reluctant to talk about that but if we want to practice what we preach and get people off less medicines and stuff and improve their quality of life we've got to be open-minded enough to look not just at the stuff that you can get off the pharmacy shelves but look at the whole toolbox stuff that you can get in the dispensaries different cannabinoids and stuff and i think a lot there's a big misconception when it comes to cannabis therapy that everybody that uses it is going to be a stoner. Right. <laughs> that's not the case at all. I mean. So can, Dr. Brown, can I kind of come, so I, Oklahoma, it's, it's legal there, right? I know there's a lot of farming and there's a lot, there's a lot of work. There's a lot of cannabis talking in Oklahoma, right? 
Right. Uh, but it, it's, there, me, it's medical here. Right. And but, is, is there still stigma? I mean, so how do you, do people coming into your pharmacy and saying, I want to use cannabis? Is that how you heard about it? Or how did you even kind of get past the stigma of it in terms of your professional world? Well, kind of what I've done as far as I've heard the other ladies here talk about the other cannabis, American Cannabis Nurses Association. We pharmacists also have a group called International Society of Cannabis Pharmacists. And then there's another one that doctors and a lot of other people are welcome to as well called Society of Cannabis Clinicians, which I'm a member of both of those. I, I don't... I'm kind of starting my own new business as far as consulting. And one of the things I've, I've noticed out there is that there's a lack of products pr that promote cannabis safety. And that's one of the, the things that I kind of want to also get into as far as I was talking with Marissa and the group earlier about how if, if you and I take too much of an edible or something like that, we might have an adverse experience or something like that, which you definitely don't want to repeat if you've ever been there. But, you know, if, a, if say, a kid or a, a pet actually accidentally ingests it, that could be a totally different story. But I have cannabis pharmacist friends who are in pediatrics, and I'm also good friends with the poison control director here in Oklahoma. And it's, it's a totally different ballgame in kids. Kids can can be very difficult to arouse. Sometimes they have to be innovated. Sometimes they have cardiac disturbances and stuff. So I'm developing a line of uh, like lockable safety products that can be used for not only cannabis, but, you know, the rest of your medications as well. So when that, that, that's, I think that's actually, that's pretty smart for anything that we have in the house. Again, you can't trust your children. They are not trustworthy. They are going to look in your stuff. <laughs> if you have yeah. things, they will look for it. So that's interesting. So what other things are you talking about in terms of safety for um, adults as well, or more just like in terms of access to your medications? Well, another thing that we, we've also talked about here is patients not, not wanting to use cannabis because they've had a bad reaction to it or whatever. Oftentimes they're getting that information, starting doses and stuff from people in the dispensary here. Yeah, aren't the bud tender, right. Right. So, you, so are you, I, I'm going to like, I have to get back to my ladies, but let me ask you a question. So when people are coming in, are they asking you, I'm on these many medications? Are you able yet to advise people as a pharmacist that you can go and find cannabis? Like, how does that work in the pharmacy world? I'm like, I'm taking my dog to the vet later today and I know that he can't talk about CBD. So where are the pharmacists in terms of like, how can you actually talk to patients on this? I can talk to them. I can't, I, I obviously, I can't tell them that they can get off their antidepressant without involvement of their physician. That would be unethical and breaching my scope of practice. But what I can do is give them suggestions so that they can talk to their Excellent. physician about that. And if their physician wants to talk with me, I'm more than willing to do that. And that's another thing I uh, want to get out and do is educate more physicians about the benefits of cannabis. Because like you ladies have said, I mean, there is no, virtually no training in the endocannabinoid system in anybody in healthcare. And I've I applaud what you guys said about the American Cannabis Nurses Association. They're trying to get that into, into nursing schools. And I, I hope it gets into all forms of healthcare schools. So from your mouth to the can of God's ears. All right. Thank you, Dr. Eric Brown, for joining us. If you're in Oklahoma and you need to talk to somebody in the pharmacy area who can help you, maybe please reach out. Right. 
And they yes, can I mention my website real quick? Oh, absolutely. Uh, my website's called Illume, I-L-L-U-M-E, CannabisWellness.com. And it'll be in the show notes because it always is. Thank you, Dr. Brown. Thank you for joining us. All right. I appreciate you. Thank you. All right. Back to Julie, Marissa, and Caitlin. Let's, Caitlin, let's talk about what are you doing in 2022? What are you looking forward to for how to educate, influence the Harvest Cup is next week. I know stuff is starting to open up. I'm networking with human beings in person again. So what are you doing? <laughs> what do you think is coming up that's exciting for you? Well, there are, our Zala Education Project is really exciting. And it's going to be a way for us to, I think, touch a lot more people's lives than one, one-on-one consultations and certifications allows for. So we'll be doing educational. So an RVT, Responsible Vendor Training, that's education for every person who touches or works with cannabis at dispensaries, both adult use and medical. So we will, once we're approved, we will be educating. And then these people who we speak to will also be educating and they will also know when they're crossing that line into giving medical advice, which is should still be reserved for I. I believe should still be reserved for consultation certification. So we're thinking about kicking off 2022 with a little trip to New Eng- the New England or Northeast Canacon in New York City. Oh, um, New York, it's changing the world. Yeah, it's going to change the cannabis world. Yeah. A little overwhelming. And right after New Year's, it's a good time to for me to hibernate, but maybe we'll break break tradition and go to a convention instead. That's good. I, I, <laughs> and you know, more of that, more conferences, more networking, more speaking, more educating, just talking to people. And it's a region. We talk about this is very state specific. I mean, it's weirdly like local community specific, but this should be region specific. Now that New York's here, New Jersey, I don't know what is going on in New Hampshire. What is wrong with New Hampshire? Who knows what's going on in New Hampshire? Yeah. But other region of this world, the Northeast region, we are ready. We are ready. Michigan's taken off. California's a mess. I don't know what's going on in Texas, but we could, this is us. We should, we should be making connections. So that's great to hear. And Julie, what are you doing? Anything interesting getting out there? Just like Caitlin said, like we've been, we've been really nose the grindstone with getting this application in. It's, I think our PowerPoint is over 200 slides that we had to write. And um, just excited to really be educating the people who are working in the industry because they're the ones who are really being who are really being asked all those questions about what what do I get, what'll it do? Some that they should answer, maybe some that they maybe shouldn't. And we can really help give them the benefit of all of our expertise on that. So and it's so powerful. I mean, that is so powerful because people are going in and asking their bud tenders for basically medical advice because there's there. I mean, even in Massachusetts, we don't terpenes and there's a lot of information that just is not on those containers. Like how are we supposed to make a decision? And then products that literally don't have dosing, like literally there is no dosing. A hundred percent Joyce. And like, we, we are really dedicated to, to working towards making sure that all of that information gets listed. When, when people don't know what the ingredients are, what the dosage, how can they, how could they possibly figure out what, what to use? I mean, we, we're not even giving them the tools right now. Yeah, but you are, you are, you're working with them. So, you know, and, and I, but I am, I'm talking to women across the country who are doing different things in this industry, whatever skill set you have, whatever it is that you do, we need you. The business end of this is one thing, but the whole we this, this is health and wellness. This is health equity. This is everything that tries to do with our body and our planet. And 
these ladies are helping people who are selling it make sure it's actually the thing that we're getting. It's therapeutic. I don't know. I, we need a better word, I think. I, I, I don't like the adult medical. I just find that, I, I think it's a false dichotomy. Do you guys think that's true? Yeah. I, I think it's all therapeutic use, honestly. Yeah. It's yeah. Adult use. is medicine. Yeah. So like, yeah. So generally refer to it as therapeutic, as therapeutic use. And is that something that like, and again, like kind of going back to the policymakers, is that something they're talking about at any level in terms of what they're talking about? Because I am talking to more women who are talking at the federal level and this, um, you know, we're not recreating the wheel. There are definitely this FDA, this, this, there are actually different areas of like, if it's a harvest, is it going to be hempcrete? Is it going to be something you wear? Is it going to be something you put on your skin? Or is it going to be something you're going to use to solve epilepsy? Like these are different uses, right? So I can see that they're trying to do that at the federal level. Have you seen what's, I don't know what's going on at the state level. Is that, is that even a discussion yet? Not that I know of. Like, no, I, I no. do know that the CCC did put out requests for people who wanted to do some research and research studies. So there is now an application form that you can do some research if you have a certain product that's approved and stuff. So slow, slow, slow. But getting but there. Yeah, it is. And it is. And it's growing and it's phenomenally different than it was two years, three years ago when I first started talking to people. And this is a science. This is wellness. This, we have pharmacists, doctors, lawyers. We have everybody in this. And here are these ladies talking about it in Massachusetts. So let's just go around the room one more time. Start with Caitlin people want to connect with you what's the best way to reach you and it'll all be in the show notes if you forget i'll just put more in oh yeah so i'm my website is azalawellness.com that's a-z-a-l-l-a wellness.com and our other our new website is azalaeducation.com again a-z-a-l-l-a which is by the way the first ever written word for medical use of cannabis from ancient sumeria azala nice all right uh julie What's the best way to reach you, connect? So probably greennetworkproviders.com is where we're doing some of those certifications and consultations. But Azala Education is our is our joint company. It's the best site. Okay. And Marissa, so are, they, are you allowed to leave the house yet? You still have small children. Are you just locked down there? What? No. <laughs> No, I've been out of the house. I've been, okay. I've, been on, I've been on overnight big trips like to Albuquerque and York, Maine. <laughs> so, I'm proud of you. All right. I'm, so very, people, I'm very free. <laughs> all right. So uh, people looking to connect with you, what's the best way to find you? If you're looking for uh, sort of the Canamami network kind of thing, holisticnursemama.com. If you uh, want to, um, otherwise, my uh, major project for 2022 is azalaeducation.com. So those are the two main places you can find me. All right. Education, education, education. That's what my ladies always talk about. And they're really doing it. They're changing this world. One, one step at a time. You guys are doing it. I mean, I just talk about it. So one can you. one can of story at a time, Joyce. One can of story. I was like kind of trying to think of something medical, but I couldn't. <laughs> All right. Can of science. I'm, I'm, I'm moving this out beyond just my stories. It's a, it's a mission. One can of mission at a time. A can of mission. Right. There we go. All right. So thank you, Julie, Caitlin, Marissa. Eric, thanks for joining us. Another man, Dave. Did that feel good? Yeah, it was nice. <laughs> it was nice for a change. Eric, we got to stick together, man. <laughs> Can of bros. So this was so special. Thank you. I love talking with all of you. I've been waiting a while for you to come on. So just being with you today was wonderful. Hopefully I'll see you in person. So for my guest and my can of bro, David Yaz, and our can of mom show team, I just want to thank you for taking the time to listen to the can of mom show, where we are talking about caring for and giving voice to women. One can a story at a time 
Thank you for following and subscribing and sharing all the amazing cannabis stories of the women who are building this new industry. So together we can crush that stigma around cannabis and caregiving. I'm your host, Joyce Gerber. This is the Cannamom Show, and we are a production of Pod 617, the Boston Podcast Network. Thanks for listening to today's show. To check out more great cannabis podcasts, go to podconnects.com. Here's a preview of one of our other shows. Hey friends, I'm Brandon and I'm Saba and we are your host of the Cannabis Hangout podcast, an educational platform to connect with the cannabis community and share personal stories while breaking the stigma of marijuana. Join us every Sunday at 7 p.m. to gain valuable insight with different perspectives from industry leaders, growers, and medical marijuana patients. This is a place to learn so much from different angles in the cannabis industry. So tune in while, while we, we break, break it all down. down.